13. We're going to read the whole chapter and then we'll come back. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bulls came and talked with me saying, Come and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. It, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. And so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and in scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, and having in her hand a golden cup full of the abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name that was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. But the angel said to me, Why do you marvel? For I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which has seven heads and ten horns. And the beast that you saw and is not will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. And when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is to come, here is the mind of wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings, five have fallen, one is, and, the, and one has not yet to come. And when he comes, he must continue for a short time. And the beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth, and is, <laughs> I'm just laughing because the angel says, hey, I'll tell you all about it. it. He's not clearing anything up. Anybody else? Let's keep going. Just saying. <laughs> It is he himself is the eighth and the seventh and is going into perdition. And the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive the authority for one hour as kings with the beast. And these are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. And they will make war with the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords and the king of kings, and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. And then he said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are the people's multitudes, nations, and tongues. And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot and make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God has put it into the hearts to fulfill this purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman which you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for your word. And Lord, we thank you for those here serving in children's ministry. And Lord, those who can't be with us on the internet and over the radio, and Lord, that you would open up our hearts to, to speak forth truth to us in a world that is so desperately wanting to hear truth, is tired of being deceived and lied to by nations and governments, academia. And so, Lord, fill our hearts today with joy 
and wisdom. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. (laughs) Amen. So you read ahead, right? And you're like, this is totally clear. Anybody else? Chapter 18. Perfectly clear. What's your problem? The angel just told you what the dealie is, right? Chapter 16 from last week, the planet is gone. Remember that? It was the Battle of Armageddon. If you were with us, if you weren't, you need to listen to that on YouTube or on a Rumble or wherever our social media is. Uh, So we ended with the world gone, but 17, 18, and 19 take us to the Battle of Armageddon, how we get to that. And what this chapter is going to do, this chapter and 18 are going to talk about Babylon. And the first thing that you need to know is that there are two Babylons, and the idea is they are representative of something on planet Earth. There is a religious Babylon, that's today, And next week will be the commercial Babylon. And this is a system. It's a world system. So we're going to see the world's religious system. Anything that is not Judeo-Christianity is religious Babylon. That's everything. Even those atheists who say there is no God, they're part of religious Babylon. And then next week, we will get into commercial Babylon, this world system that is wanting to control every... I know you think got to think hypothetically today. Want to control everything and how every dollar is spent. Do you know how much money they're making on the vaccines? Uh, and, and, and this is probably a technical math term, a gazillion trillion. That's got to be a technical math term. They, the, what is the rule of thumb on planet Earth? Follow the money. That's it's all, it has nothing to do with people's safety or caring about individuals. It never has been. It is always about power. We're going to go back to that. We're going to go to Genesis today and look at the foundation of this religious Babylonian system as well as commercial Babylon. And what God is going to do through this chapter and then next week is describe to us when we are removed out of the picture Amen. The church is not here during this time, but when we are removed out of it because nature hates a void, something must be put in its place. And just so you know, churches are going to be filled with people the Sunday after the rapture. Listen, there will be people who come to Calvary Chapel and whatever denomination there is. A couple of things will happen. Number one, they weren't saved in the beginning and number two the rapture so scares them that they come and give their life to Christ now that's wonderful but this religious system that will take the void of the true church will morph into something as we will see today that is apostate and that it is harlotry so (laughs) you just have to sit here I have to teach it let's look at it Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bulls came and talked with me saying, come and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. Now, why did we read the whole chapter? So that we would understand some of it as we're going. The many waters are the nations and the governments around the world. So he already told us that at the end of the chapter. So this great harlot who sits on many waters with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication 
and in the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So in the Bible, specifically the Old Testament, when we're talking about spiritual fornication, it is any group of people who is setting up a system that is not the true and the living worship of the, the God of the Bible. Everybody got that? So anything that's not Judeo-Christian on the that is fornication with the foreign gods. How many times did God say to the children of Israel, "You have committed harlotry. You have committed fornication with the little g gods around surrounding the nation of Israel." Why did God wipe out so many groups of people when the children of Israel came in? Because He didn't want the influence of their gods to pollute them. And yet, Solomon and his many wives brought all of that in. And so harlotry, when we're looking at it, fornication, and specifically for our purposes today, spiritual fornication is anything that we do, that we worship, other than the true and the living God. And so, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, there really hasn't been any time in history where um, government hasn't been tied to the church. And I don't mean our church, because if you go to China, it's Buddhism or Hinduism in India. There's always some kind of state church that's tied together. And only recently have we seen nations where there is no church state. Now, you might say, well, isn't it Russia? Yes, but communism is their religion. So there has always been this mixing of religion and state. But there is coming a day when the church is gone when there truly will be a state without the church or a religious system. Because we see at the end that what they're going to do during the tribulation, they will use this religious system and at the end of it destroy it. I know I'm jumping ahead. So, whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So when we're gone, right, when the church, the, the bride of Christ is removed, what is going to be left in its place? You're going to have an amalgamation, that's a big word, of all kinds of things together. Remember during 9-11, uh, we had the Roman Catholic Church, we had uh, Muslim clerics, and we had a, just a, a smattering of what we would consider religious people. And I can't remember if it was Bush or not, but he said we all worship the same God. That's not true. And that shows the ignorance of people. If you actually study Islam, you'll find that Muhammad went into a temple filled with temples, and he said, that's, I'm going to go with that God. That's not the God of the Bible, so therefore I don't worship. Just because he claims or Islam claims to worship a single God doesn't mean it's this God that is in your hands in the Bible. Amen? But when we're gone, what's going to happen is people are going to say, I am so tired of religions fighting. Can't we all just get along? Come on, man. Every week I'm going to do it. I'm not afraid. And they're going to say, can't we just get along? Now, the Roman Catholic Church has been wanting to do this for hundreds of years. They wanted to go to the Temple Mount and be the one who schedules everything. Hey, you Christians can meet on this day. The Jews can meet on this day. Islam can meet on this day. And whatever this comes to be, this false religious system, this Babylonian system, 
uh, religious, just a group of, we don't really believe that doctrine anymore or that doctrine. As long as we can all just be in one room, we're going to have whatever shrine that we're going to have. We're going to sing whatever song that doesn't offend or whatever. And it now becomes this ungodly harlot. And note with me, it says, they become drunk with the wine of her fornication. It will be everything that they have ever wanted in a religious system. I can be religious without any rules from those Jesus freaks. And finally, the Bible will be done away with. Verse 2, no, 3. We're going okay today. And so he carried me away in the spirit in the wilderness or desolation. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now this beast we have seen before is Antichrist. And it, it has a couple of things that get described to us, the seven heads and the ten horns. So the religious system is riding on the Antichrist system that he has set up after the church is gone. We have this worldwide system, right? You cannot buy or sell uh, pretty soon without a vaccine card. Do you know that they shut down New Zealand because of one case? Just shut the whole thing down. They're doing it to Australia. And they're still using the test that isn't verified. Oy vey, I can't even get into it today. I'm so upset of how people are being lied on a daily basis. And these so-called science people, it's a religion. Well, do you, have any, do you have any facts to it? No, we just believe it. Well, that's a religion then. Oy, let me get off that. But you can already see this world system being set up, Yes. That you cannot buy or sell, you can't fly there, you can't go here, you can't go to eat in New York. That's just a couple of states away. Thank God for South Carolina. I was, I'm sorry, I was just dwelling on the South for a minute. Isn't that wonderful? When I was praying about Afghanistan, I, I need you to hear this. Guys, we really did win the lottery when we were born in the United States. And if you ask any immigrant who has come to this country, they will say, yes, this is why we came. They're not trying to board planes and fly to Russia or to Cuba. They want to come here. Why? Because there is freedom here for the moment. And this system that is being set up, this religious system, this commercial system, it on this verse, it says that this religious system jumps on the back of the beast, which is the Antichrist, and uh, he is going to use this religious system until it no longer serves his purposes at the end of the chapter. And when it no longer serves his purposes, he will turn on the religious system. If you haven't watched some of the um, older, like the 1970s Thief in the Night series, The Distant Thunder, I mean, they're just gold. We got some of them, their end times movie, you know, Christians were raptured and, and it goes through the story um, about Diane and these, these kids going through it in the 70s and the bell bottoms and the small shorts and the running, it's hilarious. <laughs> and the guillotine they show, which is accurate. But what they show so many times is this scene, this chapter. 
people going to church. They've got the buildings. The buildings are all left, and they're walking into church. But it's not the church that you and I know because it's going to have images of the beast, and it's going to tell people to follow the beast, to get the mark. Because, listen, don't you want to buy gas? Don't you want to feed your kids? Well, then you need to get the mark. And so this tells us that she was ordained with gold and precious stones and Pearls, the woman, this religious system. Do you know how much money is going to be left when you and I are gone? I know what you're thinking to yourself. Uh, I, I care a little bit too much about my bank account. Listen, it's all going to be gone, and someone's going to take it, and someone will be sleeping in your house and feeding your cat. Weird, isn't it? Think about what we're about to not care about, but is the thing that we care about the most. Weird, isn't it? I talked about this last week. It's all going to burn. We are good stewards with what God gives us now. We need to take care of it. You need to cut your grass. You need to take care of the things that God has given you. But at the end of the day, all of this wealth, all of this cars and homes are going, and it could very well be that the Antichrist says, Well, the religious system just takes it, and the new church, I don't know what it's going to be, the church of Bob, I don't know, whatever it's called, the church of Bob takes all the wealth. Look at it here. They are ordained, are are arrayed in purple and scarlet with gold and precious pearls, having on in her hand the golden cup full of the abomination and the filthiness of her fornication. Just speaking of what she believes in at the time. Verse 5, now on her forehead was the name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. Okay, keep your place here. Let's go to the Old Testament. Let's go way back, Genesis chapter 10. Just to get an idea where we are here in Genesis. The flood has already happened, uh, wiped out billions of people on the planet. Now we have the planet that we know of, the landscape we know, the seas that we know, the continents we know, the mountains that we know. And now this chapter tells us about the descendants of Noah. And in verse 8, it tells us specifically about the descendant of Cush. And it says in verse 8 that Cush begot Nimrod. And he became a mighty one on the earth. Now, Jewish tradition tells us that he became, it says, a mighty hunter, a hunter of men. And remember what characterized before the flood. It was violence, right? And every evil intent of the heart of man. The flood, yes, wiped that away, but the heart of man is still fallen. It didn't fix it. It just wiped out. And you'll just have to wait till we get to Genesis and teach that section. But this character Nimrod, why is he important? There are very few names that you need to remember, and Nimrod is one of them. Only because it's fun to say. And because you, it's used as a derogatory. What are you, Nimrod? But if you really knew who he was, you'd be like, oh, are you a mighty hunter and a murderer? So don't use that. 
So Nimrod, notice he became mighty on the earth. Notice he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. And that's kind of a bad translation in the English, but it is a hunter of men. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And at the beginning of his kingdom, he uh, kingdom was what we're going to see in a minute, Babylon, Babel. But the other one is in verse 11 that's important. He went to what is known as Assyria and Nineveh. Notice the two cities, Babylon and Nineveh. These are the two cities that are the huge headache for the children of Israel. Isn't that interesting that Cush gives birth to Nimrod, who is a violent person who is going to set up the first religious system, this system of Babylon, but he creates the Ninevites and the Babylonians, two of which are spoken of more than any other nation in the Old Testament next to Israel. Okay, next chapter, chapter 11. Now, the whole earth had one language and one speech. When they came out of the ark, God told them to multiply and to scatter. Anybody remember that? It's a very clear order from God. When you get out, have a lot of kids, and there's a lot of continents, go find one and go there. But notice what happens. They don't do that. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech that came to pass as they journeyed from the east. They found a plain in the land of Shinar. That is Iraq. You can write it right next to it. And they dwelt there. And they said to one another, come let us make, make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had bricks for stones and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. And then it says God came down and saw what they were doing. A couple of things to note here. They didn't do what God said, which was go and disperse around this new, uh, uh, the new continents that were uh, developed after the flood. But it says they go to the east, so they come to... Um, what is modern-day Iraq, where the Tigris and the Euphrates are. It is a perfect place. It is a fertile place, perfect for growing food. A large population can grow there. Wonderful water, as we learned from last week, coming out, out of the Ararat Mountains, right? So always uh, giving them the abundance that they need there. And, it's, and they said to ver in verse 3 to one another, Come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly, and they had bricks for stone and asphalt for mortar. So, if you're taking note, this is the first communistic system. Did anybody pick it up yet? Let me read to you from 1 Peter 2.5. Don't turn to it, just make a note of it. You see, in the Bible, God doesn't want us to be bricks. You know what a brick is? It's the same. Brick after brick after brick. They look the same. They've got the same shape. They've got the same color. They're uniform. Amen? Don't send me letters. Oh, my house has different color bricks. The idea is the same. <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, somebody said uh, that when I was talking about the tilt of the earth, that it was 22 degrees, and the person fact-checked me, which 23. I'm like, so I'm a heretic because I'm off a degree? No letters about bricks. 
Enough with the tilts and the bricks, all right? But this is what God says about us. He doesn't call us bricks. 2 Timothy 2.5 says, And you also, as living stones, are being built up in a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What is a stone? They're all different. They are unique in color and size. Some of them, when you break it open, those geodes have crystals inside. That's wonderful. Now, we're not going to break you open. But think about how many different uses there are for stone. And then you've got brick, which is all the same. And this is what they are doing in verse 3. They are saying, you are no longer an individual. You are part of a collective. This is the world in which we are living in now. You can't be an individual. We'll tell you what to say. And if you don't like it, we'll ban you. We'll take you off of that platform. We want you to be like everybody else. We want these kids to sit in a room for seven hours a day and be like everybody else and to think like everybody else. And if you dare go outside of that, well then, do you see? But God wants you to be a living stone. Not a baked brick. And they had bricks for stone. But notice the other thing in verse 3. Easy to overlook. And they had asphalt for mortar. Where have you heard asphalt in the previous chapters? You'll get a mint for this. I'm, I'm weeping inside right now. The ark. They pitched it inside and out. Remember that? Oh, don't tell second service. Don't walk out and say, the ark. They won't know what you're talking about anyway. Don't give it away. Why did Noah pitch it inside and out? It was waterproofing against the flood, yes? What did they just say? They don't believe God. He said, I will not destroy the earth with water. They don't believe him. How many people still don't believe God? Where is the promise of his coming? Since the fathers have fallen asleep, you guys have been saying that Jesus, the world does not believe God. And it started here in Babylon. They didn't believe God. And they said, just in case, we probably should waterproof the building. Now, what did they build? Verse 4. And they said, come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. So they build a tower. Please don't think that their idea was to build a tower to heaven because they're on a plain. There's mountains around. If they wanted to build a tower that went to heaven, they would have built it on the mountain. Everybody got that? It's called common sense in the Bible. What they're doing is building the first observatory. Heavens and the earth, uh, most of the world's religions revolve around some form of astronomy or astrology, some form of that. And what they're doing is we're going to make a name for ourselves like the lie to Eve by Satan. You can be like God. And so what they're doing is they're saying that I will make my own path to the heavens. I will have my own way. And if you look at the religions of the world, for the most part, it is a works-based system. 
what I do to get myself to heaven. But what we believe is we can't do anything of ourselves. It is only through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. We believe in that, and He accounts to us righteousness, justification, just as we had never sinned. Isn't that wonderful? But this system, which is the oldest system after Noah, the Babylonian religion, and it is the religion that, listen, in a minute, God's going to come down and say, what are you guys doing? And then he scatters them, and he changes their tongue. And so you can imagine this scene. They're all there. They were having a good time building this tower. And all of a sudden, they can't hear each other. But they can understand that guy over there. So they walk over there, and they have now have all these groups. And then they're standing there. Well, what do we do now? And they just start leaving because they can't communicate with one another. God changes their speech. He, has, he says, listen, either you... Uh, you know, go out and separate and disperse around the planet like I asked you to, or I'll force you to do that. Remember the early church? God, uh, uh, Jesus said, hey, make disciples of all men, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Go out, right? And what did they do? They stayed. They disobeyed Jesus. So what did he bring? Saul of Tarsus and persecution. You guys won't leave? I'll make you leave. God has a way of getting us to go places we oftentimes don't want to go, but we need to go. And so through this scene, we have this system of the Babylonian religion. Let's turn back now to Revelation 17. So now you know where this all comes from. Now, what you don't know, and maybe you do know, is that Nimrod had a wife. I won't ask it. I was disappointed earlier. His wife's name was Semiramis. Anybody? Does that ring a bell to anybody? Semiramis. Okay, so the original religion of Babylon is this. Nimrod is the great hunter. He has a wife, Semiramis. It is reported and tradition of the Babylonians that Nimrod goes out to hunt. He is killed. And uh, before Semiramis can take another wife, she is impregnated. We don't know how, but it's an immaculate conception. Is it ringing a bell to anybody? By the ray of the sun, this is what they believe. And these documents are in the British Museum, by the way. And so when she gives birth to Talmuz, he is sitting on her lap. So, you know, in Roman Catholicism, you have the Madonna. That's not new. That's Babylonian. And you can go to the British Museum. You can Google it on your phone. Semiramis, the mother of heaven. And you will pull up the images of the statues, which were not only all around Babylon, but even today you can see them, of the mother, Semiramis, holding her child, uh, Tammuz, to which tradition later on tells us that Tammuz goes out hunting and gets killed. He, uh, people got to stop hunting back then. He gets gored by a wild boar, 40 days later, comes back to life as Nimrod. Now, hold on. Hold on. So she is called the mother and the wife. So Nimrod dies. 
gets reincarnated later into Tammuz. <laughs> you couldn't make this stuff up. A after Tammuz is killed by a wild boar. So this religion, the Babylonian religion, after God spreads out their, you know, separates them out, um, is spread all over the world. So you wonder why, uh, and it, it was interesting, I didn't list all the nations, but, you know, we again, we think only so small sometimes. We think the Madonna, Catholicism, that's the origin. It's all over. Japan has something, China has that. All diff these different nations have some form of that. Most of the nations have a flood and a guy on a boat saving people. How do we have all that? The Tower of Babel. So before it's all destroyed and s separated around the world, we have the, this Babylonian religion that has now gone far and wide. And everywhere around the world has this idea. So when Christianity comes on the scene... Right, and I say that in a in a way that is reverent because we know it's the true. Jesus said, "I'm I'm the way, the truth, and the life," so we know it's the true. But when it comes on the scene, they're like, "I've heard that before." Well, where did you hear that? Well, the Babylonian religion. So a lot of things in Christianity, this is where the critics come out and say, "No." Christianity, you're just copying stuff that happened in the Babylonian religion with Semiramis, Tammuz, and Nimrod. But it's demonic in its origins. You see, the devil knows what he is doing, sadly. Oftentimes, we do not know what he is doing. And he has already caused and created a false narrative before Christ comes on the scene. By the way, there's another tradition, and you've got to hold this a grain of salt as always, the tradition was that Nimrod had heard of Abram's birth. Who does Abram become? Abraham, father Abraham, who had many sons, and many sons had. We'll just play the song right now and make everybody stand up and do the motions. So Jewish tradition tells us that Nimrod heard of that, and he sent to kill all the babies under two years old in Ur of the Chaldee. Does, does that sound familiar? You see, it's all demonic in its origins. And what Herod was trying to do with Jesus, the devil was trying to do with Father Abraham. Now, whether or not that's true, we'll ask him in heaven, hey, uh, Father Abraham, was that true? He's like, no. But the tradition says that he was hid in a cave until he was safe. This is as old, we're back to chapter 17, the Babylonian religion, verse 5, is as old as 4,000 B.C. It's old. So no wonder why this world is in the way that it is and believes what it believes and then next week what it does with its commerce. All right, you ready? Verse 6. And I saw a woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great am uh, amazement. If you look through history, especially in Christian history, you will see that Christians have died at the hands of religion more than anything else until we get to communism, and then communism has killed. Everyone needs to know this for you lovers of communism, not in here but on in the Internet, that it has killed more... It, that ism 
has killed more people on planet Earth than anything else. Communism, socialism, Marxism have killed more people, and they've killed believers as well, as well as religious organizations. And notice John's response. response. He is amazed. (laughs) But then the angel, that's why I was chuckling before, because I just think this is a funny scene. The angel says, why did you marvel? Like, are you shocked, John? We should never be shocked by the things that we see on planet Earth. The persecution of Christians, the absolute, I mean, at warp speed, trying to get a one-world religion, one-world government set up. The, the one thing that they, they learned through COVID was, hey, we, we can promote this lie well enough, and the majority of the world will go ahead with it. And so they are pushing so hard, so fast. But I say, bring it on, because it just means we're going to hear a trumpet. And then they can have their planet and my cat. (laughs) Sad, though, isn't it? No one cry over the cat. They'll be fine. I won't even get into our dogs in heaven. That's another study. (laughs) He says, why do you marvel? He says, hey, I'll tell you the mystery of the woman of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and ten cores. He says, I'll fill you in. And then you read it, you're like, I'm still confused. We'll weed through it here. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit. So we learned about this a couple of studies ago when the Antichrist was fatally wounded. And it tells us how he came back to life and people are going to believe in the Antichrist because he is risen after this fatal blow. But note with me, who gives the beast or the Antichrist his power? It says it comes out of the bottomless pit to go into perdition. So from Satan himself. And those earth dwellers on the earth will marvel at what? That he came back to life, right? And listen. I don't fault them. Anybody else seen anybody raised from the dead? Okay, then. That might be pretty spectacular, wouldn't you? And if it was on CNN or Fox, they're going to have this live because the dear leader, (laughs) by the way, I'll leave that one there. That is so North Korea. We are so ready for the dear leader in our world, to worship a man. We're so ready for it. We're so tired of fighting. We're so tired of stupid stuff like Afghanistan. We're so tired of viruses. We're so tired of this and that. And this guy is going to stand up and solve all of the world's problems. And the world is going to go, wonderful. What did we have to do? to do? Well, we got to kill Christians. Get them lined up. And they're going to do it. What was it like for Germany? Maybe you don't realize how in Germany in 1930s, their nation was destroyed. Their, the German mark wasn't worth anything. You've, you've heard the story of a guy going to the store in Germany in the 1930s with a wheelbarrow full of German marks. He left it there outside because he knew no one would steal the money. Because it was worthless. He goes into the store. He comes out. The wheelbarrow is gone. The money is left. Because it's not worth anything. 
And then you get a psychopathic lunatic, Hitler, and he starts solving problems. But what does he do? He blames it on a group of people. These Jews are the problem. And right now, it's the unvaxxed, or it's the Christians, or it's you got to have a group of people to blame it on. And they are going to be so excited when we're gone, finally we can get back. Wait a minute, there's more Christians? Get them on a boxcar. Get them to an internment camp. Get that guillotine out of storage. Do you know that the United States government owns guillotines? I'll leave it there. Why? This is coming. But the church won't be here. This is good news. So I don't have to worry about it. Amen? You better come to Christ by the end of Revelation, or I don't know what is going to save you, <laughs> let alone today. And I have no idea where I am. Wait. Verse 8. Is that right? Thank you. And some of you are like, please don't go into verse 7. So they marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. And when they see the beast that was and is not and yet to be, listen what the angel says. Here is the mind which has wisdom. For the seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sets. So this religious system has some kind of organizational system, this religious Babylon. Now, did you see seven mountains there? The mistake is for everybody to think this is Rome. Well, seven hills. Rome does not have mountains. Rome has hills. In fact, it's not seven. It's like eight or nine. I've been there. I know they're not mountains. Mountains in the Bible tend to speak of uh, nations and power. So the woman sits on these the world power, the world system. Don't be quick to think this is the Roman Catholic Church. Now, I think there will be a lot of that in the, the tribulation. There will, uh, the Roman Catholic Church will play a, a part in it, but so too will the Methodists, so too will Islam, so too will every other religious system. Amen? Don't be beaten up on the Roman Catholics right here. It's easy to do that, but that's not what the text says. So, these are seven kings. I'm sorry, and there are also seven kings. Five have fallen. One is, the one is, is speaking about Rome because John is writing this, so it's current to him, right? The, the ones before are the Egyptians, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Greeks, right? All of those world powers that have come before Rome. And then he says, and the other has not yet come. That's the Antichrist kingdom that is to come. And when he comes, he might have just a short time. How long does he have? Seven years. And the beast that was and is not is himself the eighth and is of the seventh. Just that alone, you're like, ah, stop it. <laughs> I can't get my head. It doesn't matter to us. Amen. When you're in heaven, you're like, Bob Angel, couldn't you just say this? Could it? Add, uh, it'll be clear to them. That's a, a lot in Revelation will be more and this is good English, more clear to them than it is to us because a lot of it isn't revealed to us. It will be to them. Verse 12 says, The ten horns which you saw are ten kings. Now, we talked about this recently, ten regions around the earth. 
the UN has separated the world into 10 regions. It's already in place. What region are we in? Number one, that's right. America, always number one. We're in the Canada, America, um, Latin America. I don't know if it includes South America too, but we're in region one. It's already, it's already set up. They know where the capitals will be in those 10 regions. It's, you ever wondered how they can put a piece of legislation in Congress where it's like 10,000 pages, and you're like, you just worked on it. You started working on it Monday, and here it is Friday. It's in a drawer somewhere. It's already done. The legislations are already done. They, they, this is stuff they're dreaming of. It's like the U.N., so when it pops up, when Antichrist, they pull out the document, uh, Mr. Antichrist, I don't know if that's his title, uh, here's the 10 regions. We've already got it ready to go. We know where the capitals are. Oh, by the way, uh, Elon Musk helped us get a worldwide internet system going. See that? It's all getting the system ready. And so we have these 10 kings, notice, who have received no kingdom as yet. They will, it's future, but they will receive authority for one hour as the kings with the beast. So in the short amount of time, that seven-year period. Notice, they are of one mind, <laughs> and they will give their power and authority to the beast. If they are not of one mind, they will be destroyed. So they have to be of one mind. I was uh, watching a documentary, and I'm sorry, I watch these, and then I share them with you, and... I was watching something about India and how the British um, come into India at one point and they, they helped because India was broken up in the tribes like most around the world. And so it had not been a unified India yet. And one area wanted some help. And so they asked the British to come in. So, but when the British came in, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll help you. But you have to do what we say. And so they insta installed a puppet regime. Well, if you went against that, then the British would just come in and annihilate you. So you didn't want to go against the system. So, see, I watched a documentary to make a point today. So they are going to do what they are told. And they give power. And that power is not just economic power. It is militarily as well. Apparently, uh, no, I won't even go there today. So they give power and authority to the beast. Now, notice what happens when they give power and authority to the beast. They make war with the lamb. Now, who is the lamb? The lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is Jesus. So the world has decided that its true enemy is Christ. And the lamb will... Circle, underline it, highlight it, star it, look to your neighbor, make sure they do it. The Lamb overcomes them. They don't win. Christ wins. If you take nothing away today, we win. Isn't that good news? Come to church and learn the truth. That as crazy as this world is right now, I know the end. And the end is Jesus wins, evil does not, and we will be with Christ. That's good news. We're on the winning team. He overcomes them. Why? 
for he is Lord. He's the chief. He created the universe. He created mankind. He even died for that mankind. He created. And he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And those who are with him, that's us, are called chosen and faithful. Every once in a while when you're in the Bible, are you blown away by the titles that God says about you? Does anyone feel faithful right now to Christ? I just bummed everyone in the room out like that. Do you feel faithful? He is faithful when we are faithless. When we waver and when we cower in fear. And yet, he looks at us as a finished product. And he says, those kids, they're faithful. And I chose them. Is that great? Or what? Lord, thank you that you look beyond the construction and the mess and the debris and my failures in life. And you look at me as faithful. Unbelievable. We'll make you some Pentecostal people here soon. <laughs> it's <just> slowly happening. <laughs> Good news, isn't it? You guys, we're in Revelation, and, you, and there's a lot, and it's so heavy. And then there's a little bit here, a little bit there to encourage us. Let alone chosen. We won't even get in that. Remember, John is writing before Calvin and Armenian. They don't know about free and election and all of that junk. Leave that aside has nothing to do with the text. Chosen from the foundation of the world. What does that mean? You'll know when you walk through the gate. You want to be chosen? Choose him. <laughs> if you don't, then you're not. Simple, isn't it? Don't convolute it. Don't confuse it. But we're chosen and faithful. That is a t-shirt, if I've ever known one. I'm a Christian. I'm a mess, but I'm chosen. See, I just tell people all of these good ideas. <laughs> Chosen and faithful. And he said to me, The waters which you saw, which the harlot sits on, are peoples, multitude, nations, and tongues. So that described to us what we saw before. And he said, And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, uh, they will hate the harlot and make her desolate and naked and eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Man, that's crazy. So, at some point, the ten regions, right, because we already know who they are, are going to turn on the religious system. Remember the church of Bob? They're going to turn on that. I don't know what that looks like. What are they, I mean, it says, I mean, bless you. Uh, it makes her desolate and naked. They reveal her, usually in the Bible, that's a, a, an openness, a revealing of something. Uh, shaming, but then they eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So they destroy her in one way, this religious system, which means coming soon to planet Earth will be a Earth without religion. It will be exactly what they've always wanted. Religion is just an ends to a mean with these people. Oh, it's enough to get it going, but once it's getting going, we don't need her anymore, and she is wiped away. 
For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill this purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast. Listen, until the words of God are fulfilled. That means until this book is complete, everything that they are doing is fulfilling. Listen, we see people fulfilling Scripture all the time. We, they, they say statements to it, and we're like, you are just quoting to me a Bible verse that is speaking about the end times. The apostasy of the church. The woke church is apostate. It is becoming apostate. It has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. You cannot pit one group against another group. That is antithetical. That's a big word. To the gospel of Jesus. We love everybody. We are of one race and one blood. And that doesn't belong in the church. And if it comes in, you're going to see the church remove Jesus. Because now Jesus is not the center. Everything else socially is the center. And now we got to take Jesus off the wall. Well, we're not going to do that. And the woman who you saw is the great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Like, you were doing marginally okay through the chapter, and then you get at the end, you're like, but I thought the woman was the religious system, and now it's a city. Yes. So in Revelation, hold on to this last thought. In Revelation, Babylon is both. Sometimes it's about the kingdom of the Antichrist. Sometimes it's about the religious system, about uh, the kingdom of the Antichrist. And sometimes it's about the, um, the monetary, the corporate, the whole thing that we're going to read next week. It, don't skip next week. You're going to want to see this corporate system, this world dominating, this Rockefeller, Gates, all of this stuff that we have seen for hundreds of years in our own nation and revolving around getting to the point where uh, Babylon the Great, this city, will fall. So the woman whom you saw is the great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. We don't know where it will be, but it will be somewhere. I have a firm belief it might be actually back in Babylon, in the, the cradle of the earth which is Iraq. It's interesting to me the, uh, how like the UAE, that's the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, all of these Arab, I, I don't want to call them Islamic, Arab nations are all vying to be the number one. Do you know that Turkey is building the world's largest airport and will be able to be the hub? It will destroy United Arab Emirates. The airport is so large, you could put like several Atlanta airports, which is the biggest in our country, inside of the Turkish airport. That's how big it is. And they now want to build a canal to bypass the Basra Straits so they can just go right to the... Uh, that was another documentary yesterday, too. <laughs> it's all culminating in... We think that the Western world, London, New York, are important, Berlin. It's the Middle East. It has always been the cradle of civilization, and it has nothing to do with the West. Well, read ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, 
as we get into chapter 18, we will see the fall of Babylon, and you'll see something that you didn't see today. You see, the religious Babylon was destroyed and nobody wept. Next week, the, the, this corporate world thing, Babylon, will be destroyed and everybody weeps. Read ahead next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you again. Lord, for the good news that you look at us faithful, justified, cleanse. Lord, you see the final product, not the mess that we're in now. That is the good news of Jesus, that you transform hearts and minds and mold us into your son's image. And Lord, our heart breaks for this world. It breaks for the rejection of the truth that is found in this book, the truth that is in Jesus Christ. The truth that man is fallen and man is corrupt. And man is not doing better. He is growing worse. But the good news is that Jesus Christ has come to set us free. And give us eternal life to all that would accept and call upon his name. So Lord, thank you for this book of Revelation to encourage the church. As we saw last week, you said, I am coming quickly. So, Lord, bless those serving around our building. And, Father, for the next service that is to come, in Jesus' name, amen.